Hey everybody, get ready for a new case on criminal motives behind the crime scene tape. My name is Jay and I co-host this podcast with my dad. My dad and I have both worked in law enforcement and we also specialize in security. Join us as we dive into some of these real life cases and find out what actually happens behind the scenes and what most people don't get to hear about. It's going to be a good one, so let's jump right in. Well, another good case today that we're going to present to you. Thank you for all you do and all the support that you have given us and shown us and all the uh, word that you pass along to others. A special shout out again to our friends in the uh, United Kingdom. Appreciate all the downloads that you guys are doing for us. And um, please be sure and leave us a comment, a like, a touch, a hash, or whatever that there is left to do. Uh, on your mobile device or computers let us know what you think um, but we're going to jump right into a good one and uh, hope you enjoy it yeah so today uh, I'm actually recording at our uh, my my wife's office that's where I'm at today and so if you see me if you see me look in this direction because <laughs> I'm looking at my beautiful wife she can be very distracting to me she's not usually in the background of the show and also, if you hear any like absurd cackling, uh, it is probably because my wife finds us so hilarious and she'll be <laughs> laughing hysterically at our jokes and the things we talk about. Uh, let's see. I got my drink of choice today. It's going to be the uh, Star Blast Bang. And it's not, we're, we're not affiliated or sponsored by Bang yet. But why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us what you got today. Tell, tell me what you're going to talk about today. We have a case that very reminiscent of an old TV show that I used to watch when I was young called 21 Jump Street. They made a movie out of it. Maybe made two movies. I don't know. Never saw the movies, but definitely a big fan of the TV show. And uh, this one yeah. centers around... Uh, Pulling off an investigation in a high school with an undercover agent. So nice. Yeah. You never saw the movies, man. They brought Johnny Depp back for the movie. What did he do? He'd be too old. Dude, oh, dude, I don't want to ruin it for you, man. Mm. I don't want to ruin it for you because the movies were hilarious, but <laughs> the show was really good too. And when you see him at the end, like the ones that watch the show, it's like, oh, yes. Mm. So they were in the movie towards the end. They kind of were like essentially an undercover role. But I don't want to ruin it for you. I'll let okay. you maybe one day watch it. So, all right. Well, yeah, let's let's jump into it. What? Tell me what you got. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know that pretty much every case I can get my hands on that sounds outside the norm, I'm all over. And um, I love the uh, uh, most bizarre cases the cases they say nobody can do and the cases that are too hard and outside the ordinary and thinking out of the box i think i probably created thinking out of the box so i'm working one day in a city in the midwest and uh just joined was enjoying the uh getting used to everything and we had a situation in a small town where 
Um, lots of complaints about drugs in the high school. Everybody has drugs in the high school, stuff going on in the high school. And granted, this was simpler times. We didn't have too many fears about active shooters, things of that nature. But simpler times, funner cases. And um, I met a person who was a detective at another department. And that dude was, man, he was a young kid. I didn't know if he was on work release for the juvenile detention or you know, what he was doing. Was he sweeping up around the station or what, what the deal was? And it turned out he was a, just a full-blown detective that just looked too, too young to be a detective. <laughs> and I... That's me without a beard, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I thought, why don't we give this a try? So I sat down with him and started talking and, and uh, get a little bit of feel for the experience. And I, I Honestly, you can't judge a book by the cover. So I wanted to make sure that, number one, it was going to be a good fit. Number two, he wasn't trying to prove himself to everybody else and was so professional, he made you just sick with reciting policies and procedures and things like that. Oh, nerd, no. I don't need that. I just need somebody with a level head that could do something like that. And um, and when I presented it to him, you know, unbelievably had no idea what I was talking about. Never heard of the TV series 21 Jump Street from back in the day. Our good friend Johnny Depp, who's in the news right now, you know, yeah, yeah. Star of the show. It was it was a good show. Um, it was. I had no shame in my game. I thought that was a great experience to bookmark. And when I became a detective, I knew one day I'd want to do that somehow. I knew I couldn't do it. Here's this kid. What do you say? Let's get it going. We had no other CIs available. No confidential informants. No uh, criminal informants. Most criminal informants we knew had already been thrown out of school. So that wasn't going to work. Um, so I looked at it and I thought, all right, we can't use uh, juvenile uh, confidential informants unless there's certain parameters. It's just kind of a waste. So why don't we go with this guy? It's, it's too tough to do. There are certain things you can use juveniles for. I know beverage, alcohol beverage, uh, we'll use juveniles to go in and buy liquor, underage liquor and all that kind of stuff. But it's very controlled. It's hard to, it's hard to work mm. So um, chances are those kids don't go to the school you're looking to target anyway. Another problem. So we decided to go ahead and do it. And I wanted to meet with the chief. Obviously, he's the boss. He signs the checks and could rubber stamp this, yes or no. And um, threw the idea at him. And he was thankfully somebody that thought like I did and said, let's, let's give it a try. You know, it sounds kind of cool. And if it works, you're a hero. If it don't, you're a zero, that kind of thing. So blame it all on you. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, that's always a big struggle. When you come up with an idea, come up with like a, a way to try and further a case or develop a case. And it, it seems a little, a little risky. There's some risk involved. And so we got to get the approval of the head honcho or the, the uh, in my case, it would be a special agent in charge. Uh, we, we would have to get that approval and sometimes it doesn't always go the way that you think it will go. And it really just depends on how that person in charge operates and thinks and 
likes to to do things. So I've had some really conservative uh, special agents in charge. Um, they're the the term for that is called a SAC. Mm-hmm. So the uh, special agent in charge, the SAC that I've worked for before was really conservative, didn't really want to do anything outside of the ordinary, just wanted to stick with normal, like law enforcement, old school stuff. And then I've had some that are like, I tell him an idea and then he tries to throw in something crazy on top of it. He's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's throw in a helicopter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it just depends, you know, yeah. and present- pre- presentation of your idea is huge because if it doesn't make sense and you're, or you're not confident in something, more than likely it's not going to go through. So you have to know it and be like fully behind it completely. Well, we definitely had a, um, um, a good go with this. We, we knew we had to keep it contained. So um, obviously the assistant chief, which I'll call a half sack, he <laughs> was not, uh, he was not involved in the conversation and um, we'll go with that. But it was myself, the chief of police, the principal of the high school, and the undercover. And the principal had to be brought in, and he was uh, kind of a wild hare, and he was all for it. He wanted to make sure he liked the control piece where he would be the only one that knew. And it'd be like one of these secrets that he could look around in a regular teacher staff meeting and just with that grin on his face like i know something y'all don't know and uh, and he just kind of went with it and i said you know it's inherently important that this maintain confidential so that we don't lose what we got going it could be dangerous and all this and he was good with that he'd worked with us on several things before he'd let us do some locker checks with a canine and um, things so he knew what was up he trusted me uh, the chief trusted me and and uh off we went. So we pulled an ops plan. We wanted to do, uh, we want to have it in writing, what the daily activity looked like. We wanted to know what it was like to secure the evidence, where we would meet. We wanted to put together safe words that we could use during the day and um, kind of put some meeting locations that were communicated for each uh, day. And then um, for after the after the school day. A couple other things we had to go through, some of the rules and some limitations, how to manage the uh, undercover's new friend list that he will get. High school kids are just, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but they're just stupid. The minute somebody new shows up, it's like, tell them everything you know. And, every, and that's always evident by Facebook and social media. They don't care. Just throw all their secrets out there. Absolutely. So we had to manage the friend list. We had to manage girlfriends. This kid, doesn't matter if he was really ugly, which he wasn't. Somebody's going to want to buddy up to him. You know, it's just a natural thing in high school. You got more hormones raging than you do at the Derby. So you have to manage that stuff. And then you have to set down some ground rules. You are not to date these people like legitimately in real life. You can flirt with them at school. You cannot date them. You can't go. If we put something together that requires a delivery of 
some controlled substance and it has to be done after hours, you know, that's something we can work on that we had to plan on. We would have time for that because everybody goes home after school and then blah, 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 we'll meet up again later. We can fix it. Um, but we had to make sure that there were rules for the undercover. The day-to-day -day challenges. We had to work at keeping teacher suspicions down. We're talking about sticking this guy in in the middle of a semester. What kind of story we're going to use. Right. We had to sit him down and say, look, no matter how bored you are, stay out of trouble. We don't need you going to suspension, detention, the principal's office, all these things. Not good for the investigation. Right. You have to make an effort to pass the class. If that means doing homework on your time, you got to do it. You cannot get thrown out. You can't be flunking classes. We didn't know how long it would last. Right. You could skate by, like you can get the bare minimum grades, but you got to get a grade. I set the bar really low. If you do straight D's, I'm happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> please. Can't afford these suspensions. We can't do anything that because of grades or conduct. Yeah. Now, thinking about what you just, all those things you just said, well, of course, you know, I always say this on the show, you put an office plan together and it rarely goes as planned. So I'm sure there were some hiccups and all that stuff that you just said, but just thinking real quick, if I had to come up with something like that real, like on the spot, I would, you know, I would say like he moved from somewhere else into that school yeah. in the middle of the semester and then you create this thing saying he has a girlfriend from back home so that way he has a legitimate reason to not date anybody but he could still flirt and stuff like that like it wouldn't be a big deal and then with the girlfriend cover you could even potentially you like you as the investigator could be that that girlfriend texting him like, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you up to? And that's a way to keep communication without drawing any suspicion. I know I saw, I saw it on your face. I wasn't going for anything. You know, I wasn't going for like, you got to start talking girly on the phone. or anything. <laughs> You're right. And there were lots of things that I was nervous about. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Again, it goes back to, you know, the guy, I worked a couple cases with him to see what his demeanor is like, but you don't know what he's going to act like when he's in that situation and how loose he might become and how cocky he might become. Look at yep. him. Look at me. I'm doing it. Boy, I can't wait till this is over. I really brag, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff going on in my head with this thing. So, we also had to look at some things during the investigation. And some of these notes I can put together now based on it was past tense. And I can tell you some of the things we went through. And then I can tell you some of the things that didn't go as well as we wanted to. Sure. During the investigation, we had to remember that even though he's overage, all the people he's dealing with, at least 90% of them is going to be underage. So be cautious of everything you do, say, all that kind of stuff. Treat everybody like it's your sister or your younger brother. And um, if you have any questions, you know, it's best to just back out. 
for fear that, hey, I'm new. I don't know you that well. I'm going to back off for right now. And then we'll talk about it later. But you had to be careful. And sure enough, some girl took a liking to him and stroked his ego. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) 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 Somebody he's pretending to be that she doesn't know about, I can get away with anything. I'm like, ooh, dude, seriously. Underage girl, attracted to him. She also was one of the key deliverers of marijuana for the school. Mm. And um, it was just natural for that girl to, you know, want to hang out and have sex and do other things. Part of the drug use, you know, it was like, holy smokes. We had to cover, you know, do you know how to simulate marijuana, you know, in those days? Do you know how to do that? Can you do that? Can you do that and maintain your integrity? You leave the girl alone. Who knows what's going to happen? I got a good idea. So, you know, we had to be careful with things like that. And they happened. But um, thankfully, and the only way I knew for sure, I mean, he could tell me all day. No, we didn't do nothing. We were good. You know, the only way I knew was at the end of the investigation, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop for her to say, well, he coerced me to have sex. So I would give him dope, blah, blah, blah. None of that happened. Good to go. Got lucky. Real lucky. Yes. Good. Thank you for not ruining your career early, young yeah. investigator. Exactly. And that's what I hung over his head. I said, you will be finished. You'll never work in this town again or any other town. You know, they'll pull your standards. They'll, you know, all kinds of stuff. You'll go to jail different things so um, we avoided some things and um you know he tried to play it off as if you know she's not that good looking i'm not really that attracted to her in that way i'm like yeah what way that way that you're sober and you're hanging out and you're being a good person or that way that you're you know what they used to say uh a 10 is a six pack and a four you know, <laughs> four and a six pack of beer makes her a 10. I'm like, you know, are we looking at that kind of thing? You know, right. Yeah. So, Under all circumstances, you cannot, you cannot yes. do it. Yes. Yeah. Now the good news was, um, which and in some ways is, is pretty sad in a way. Uh, we see this kind of thing all the time, but in this particular situation, the parents, while not really interacting with our undercover, was yep, yep. the provider of the dope for the kid. Now, yeah, we were really worried about that direction of which it was going. Um, we were able to set up some undercover deliveries where the parents delivered to the girl who delivered to our undercover. And um, we were able to also send in some local informants into the house to buy directly from the parents now whether the delivery made to the undercover was personal use stuff by the girl or stuff directly given from the parent to the girl whole lots of cobwebs in that deal to um, try to unpack and um, as with most cases they turn into bigger cases when other lines are crossed and other detectives would need to get involved. We gathered the information. We had a specific meeting place 
after school each day. And um, we collected the evidence. We had it signed off, chain of custody, sealed, you know, tested, obviously, um, and then stored for later prosecution as we continue to build the case. Um, some unplanned information that we <laughs> uncovered while we were there. I got a, I got a call to meet. Um, I was, I was working um, locally with another project within the school to give me a reason to be there. I wasn't the school resource officer at the time. And um, fortunately for us, that person was out on medical leave. So I didn't have to have any interference or include one more person that I didn't really want to tell was going on. Right. Well, I didn't trust them, but you know how it is. People get to bragging or maybe something gets overheard and the investigation's compromised. So I was there on another occasion several times. And I had one of the ladies that taught English and had been teaching for 40 years. And my undercover was in his class. She knew me for, you know, lots of reasons. And she said, listen here, I don't know if you know this or not, but we got a new student and he just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, she was on it. She was talking about our guy. He's so much harder than the rest of these kids i don't i think there's something up with this guy you might want to look into him <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah so we able to last the end of the semester so it went another two and a half months mm -hmm. at the end of the semester we uncovered um widespread cheating on exams and the stealing of information some oh. of the contacts that our undercover made with people had all kinds of things, all kinds of hustles going on in that school. One of them was widespread cheating, the stealing of information, internet hacks, being able to hack into a teacher's thing and change grades, all kinds of electronic stuff. Um, we also uncovered a situation where a female, not related to our case, was accepting money or drugs, whichever one you had, to undress in front of other students, boys and girls in gym class. She would have them take turns meeting her into the locker, and she would dress and undress in front of them. They couldn't touch her, but they could watch her undress and undress, you know, for $5 or, you know, a nickel bag of weed, whatever, whatever you had, she would take it. And then another one, I guess a friend of hers who thought, well, this is lucrative, was doing it in the restroom in the regular school building part, not the gymnasium area. But she would come to school and there would be communication and guys would follow her into the restroom and she would dress and undress in front of them and they'd pay her money. So that was weird, unusual kind of thing. Parents aware and were facilitating the information. Um, the ones that we found where they looked like they were partially involved either through selling out of their own house or delivering to their kids. They were referred to family services. And then we also found a couple of stash lockers, pretty big high school, uh, small town. You get kids from all over the place, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a 
community high school. They had a stash locker in two different places of the, the building where only a couple people had the combination. And that's where a lot of dope, a lot of alcohol and pills would be kept. And uh, it was it was left there. Uh, nobody, it wasn't an assigned locker. It was an empty locker that was obtained after school started a couple weeks into the school year. Nobody had it assigned, put a lock on it. That became the stash lock. So quite the uh, case. Uh, we made uh, several uh, delivery of controlled substance schools. We had other charges for use and possession at schools. And uh, we were able to do forfeiture of delivery vehicles. If anybody showed up with weed and delivered to our guy, that vehicle was bookmarked you know, documented, and at the end of the case, we came up to the school with a record, a bunch of records, and hauled them away for forfeiture proceedings. We kept none of them. You know, the parents would come forward and pay the, the fines and so forth and didn't want to pursue. Everybody had, you know, they weren't worth going through the process of keeping them because everybody had liens on them anyway. So um, had one case of weapons possession during the commission of a felony. Uh, person had a huge <laughs> huge knife and uh, this is before open carry days and especially for juveniles that's a bad thing we filed it anyway so gotcha made quite a few cases it worked out really well as far as the success goes our undercover was never compromised he never broke the law with teenage yeah good <laughs> and um yeah, we were, the police department was hated for a little while after that because all the parents were like, you did this to us. <laughs> One kid's dad was a lawyer, a couple of uh, medical professionals in there. And, you know, the rest of them just were like good hippie types. I don't know what they did. So, okay. Unusual case. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun, a lot of anxious <laughs> moments. Um, I bet. <laughs> kind of wake me up uh, for all the students at the school. Teachers were like, how in the world did y'all pull that off without anybody knowing? You know, and the whole thing. So it was an inter interesting case. It was, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I was very proud of it and I was proud that uh, we pulled it off successfully. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. What, uh, what ended up with the parents? What did they end up getting charged with? You know, uh, the state attorney's office said it was just too vague. Um, the issue with the family services, you know, you had a few visits. They were under investigation through the state. And uh, once they figured out, okay, so maybe we can't catch them, we can't do anything. Kids are old enough. Nobody's in harm's way. I'm sure that they put them on notice and it was dropped. Uh, as far as criminal charges, it was just too vague. We couldn't prove uh, possession at the time. You know, it was just word of mouth. Uh, we couldn't get video where it was at. So I don't yeah. think anything I think it scared them a little bit more than anything. And, yeah. Sometimes, you know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine who's still in OSI about just this. Uh, everybody kind of expects like jail time is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, and there's there's times where like just shaking people up 
and letting it be known that they are be their actions are being watched, especially when they're not doing something legal. That is that is a good win for us. Um, another field that that ideology is good for is uh, terrorism. Like sometimes just busting up a plan or busting up like a, a cell of terrorists, uh, whether it's domestic or international, just just breaking that group up is a huge win. Like there's no jail time associated, but we have thwarted their plans and really made a big difference and saved lives in retrospect. So, yeah, I mean, that's good. That sounds like a great case. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the fact that it was uh, eye-opening to the community. And um, for me personally, it's always fun to pull something off that you always wanted to do. You know, if it's not you, then maybe somebody else. Right. Um, you know, it's just one of those unique cases that that uh, you reflect back on and, and enjoy the work you did. So, yeah, good case. Nice. Well, good. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, man, that's a, that's a good one. And uh, glad to hear you pulled off something similar to 21 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's, that's all we got, I think, unless you got anything else. I think we mentioned it earlier in the thing um that it was a simpler time back then and a lot of times i long for those simpler times where uh, it'd be nice to just do a drug case chase a bad guy you know that kind of thing and uh, these active shooter things are just you know horrible and they're riddled through the news and i think we should give a shout out to all the victims, law enforcement as well, that are handling these latest two in Buffalo, New York, and at the church in California. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely are extremely troubled by some of these active shooters that have been happening. It is just a heinous act. And um, I know the one in Buffalo was live streamed, so that's even that. It's even worse. Like you're just putting your evil out there for the world to see. It's just horrible. Um, real quick, I'm going to I'm going to go through the names of the deceased and um, the injured from Buffalo because I feel like it's important to uh, remember and honor our victims of these kinds of things. And we're not going to give any any publicity to uh, the one who caused this. So. Um, Aaron Salter was a security guard at the store who actually did take action and shot the shooter. Unfortunately, the uh, shot went into armor and didn't have any effect. So um, Aaron Salter passed away. He was 55. He was a retired police officer for Buffalo as well. Uh, Ruth Whitfield, she passed away uh, on Saturday as well. Pearly Young. Catherine Massey. Uh, Deacon Hayward Patterson, Celestine Cheney, if I said your name wrong, I'm so sorry, please, no, I have no bad intentions, uh, Roberta Drury, Margus Morrison, Andre McNeil, Geraldine Talley, 
Um, and then the ones that were injured, the ones that I have the name for is uh, Zari Goodman. And that's it. Um, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families, with the law enforcement, with everybody that was involved in that because it, it affects a lot of people. And there was also a shooting in Laguna Woods, California at a, at a church there. Um, as of this point, for the California shooting, the victim has not been identified yet, but still, our, regardless, our thoughts and prayers are out to the ones that have been killed, the ones that were injured, and all their families, all the police officers involved, all the medical team, um, just everybody that, that had to be involved in that. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and end this episode. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing that can take the pain away. No. But eventually, you'll find a way to live. There's going to be nightmares, and every day when you wake up, it'll be the first thing you think of. Until one day, one day it'll be the second, and you move forward. So just know that a lot of people are thinking and praying for you guys, and uh, we sure hope for um, a change somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for watching. Well, there you go. Another great case in the books. Be sure and tune in next week when we unpack a new one. And I hope you have a good week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our show. And if you liked it, maybe go get a buddy or two to go subscribe to it as well. Give us a like, a comment, a rating, whatever it is that you're watching this on, and make sure to give us some feedback because we want to make sure that we're doing the absolute best we can for our audience. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape.